All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Chi and Khalil show. My name's Khalil. Oh, you waiting for me to introduce myself? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm Chi. <laughs> you want me? You want me to introduce you? Okay, I'll do it again. We'll do it. Can you do it again? Okay. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is the Chi and Khalil show. This is Chi. Hi. And this is Khalil. Um, and we're back for more slightly melanated and hella black. So. Today, we're going to talk about the awesome NFL players getting their video um, and getting the, getting the NFL some act right, basically. Um, and then we're also going to dive into how the NFL messed up the PR job from jump um, is now trying to play catch up. Yep. So for those of you who are unaware or aware, the players in the NFL who actually care about police brutality as mm. opposed to the flag <laughs> put together. And if you don't understand what we're talking about, see the first episode. Right, right, right. <laughs> put together a video, um, and the leaders were basically Michael Thomas, who was a wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, um, who was actually approached by someone who actually works for the NFL um, to put a video together to kind of put the players' thoughts and their actions on to get the NFL to do something about it. Um, and the players put, produce this amazing video where they brought up the fact that it had been 10 days since George Floyd was tortured to death. Um, and the NFL still hadn't made a statement, um, which is unacceptable. Um, unacceptable. Right. You know, so they made a statement that all black men in America can relate to. Because all of us see ourselves, every time we see one of these things, we see ourselves. Because all of us have had an interaction with the police where mm. could have been killed. That it was very close to being killed or we've been physically assaulted. Our rights have been, our basically human rights have been violated in some way, form or fashion. Um, yeah. And so we always know that it could be ourselves. And that's one of the most, probably most powerful things that they said in the videos. What is it going to take for you to do something? You know, because what if one of us gets killed by the police? Mm-hmm. We, they went in and named several people who have uh, been brutally murdered on tape or video or um, whatever. And they said, you know, I am Trayvon Martin. Uh, I am George Floyd. Um, I am Breonna Taylor. So many people who have been yeah. recently killed without their murderers facing any serious, uh, just basic uh, justice. Mm-hmm. And then they detailed what they wanted Roger Goodell to say. Yeah. And Wait, can pause for just one second? Because Khalil, what you just said is a is a is a whole lot for me as a black woman with two brothers, and and I know that when I see these men, unarmed black men being murdered by police, um, and then also women we know being murdered by police, that that's heavy. That I don't think people really understand that. Like this is us we're seeing human beings seeing other human beings that look like us being massacred, and what effect or impact that has on us what impact that has on you it just i i, I literally want to cry right now but i won't because you know we, we have the show but it's like just hearing you say that i i just 
I want to give you a virtual hug from a distance <laughs> that you know that you are seen, you know? Like, anyway, keep going. Keep going. Well, I appreciate that because I'm glad that you gave me the pause because I was actually about to cry too. And, you know, I don't cry. So anyway. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so Michael Thomas uh, scripted it as far as I as I know. He scripted what the players were going to say, sent it out to mm-hmm. several different players, um, got huge big names um, in the video, including uh, Patrick Mahomes, who yes. is, is basically going to be the face of the NFL in the near future, mm-hmm. um, rising star, um, who's actually from – I don't know Patrick Mahomes at all, but from his previous tweets, et cetera, he grew up in Texas, fairly conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was huge to get him to be in this video and say the things he, he said. Yeah. Um, and it's the, basically the NFL didn't have a choice at this point. Well, they didn't have, like, a, they, they didn't have the ability to make a stupid choice. I mean, I guess they could have, <laughs> but <laughs> it might've looked bad for their bottom line, but okay. <laughs> right. So they, um, a lot of people are criticizing the NFL um, uh-huh. for not specifically naming Colin Kaepernick when they apologize to the players. Yeah. And for the second time in our two podcasts, I'm defending corporations. Um, oh, God. Very How is this corrupt. possible that you are defending corporations? You of all people. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> no. How is this so, happening? So, okay, so... Okay, first off, I'm going to start off with the NFL does need to eventually apologize specifically to Colin Kaepernick. They Absolutely. do. Come 100%. Out and do it. 100%. But in this specific instance, one of the reasons I appreciate their Roger Goodell's apology is he stated that he was wrong before, mm-hmm. right? He was. And he's going to listen to the players now. Mm-hmm. So he said exactly what the players wanted. Didn't add any extra nonsense. He was just like, the players said, say this. He yep. said, lives matter and systemic racism and apologized for silencing the players. Right. Yeah. So he said exactly what he was supposed to say. Mm -hmm. Um, Like he can use the defense. Maybe he has some ulterior motives for not specifically naming Colin Kaepernick. He can be mad about it. But anyways, he did exactly what the players asked for at this time. Yeah. But should Um, we care about their motives? Like, I mean, if his only motive for saying that was because like, okay, we don't want to mess up the next NFL season or the next, you know, in perpetuity, or maybe his motive was really like he does believe black lives matter, not because of his pocketbook, but because they're human beings. Should it should we care as a people, as a community, even as individuals, what his motive is when he comes out and says what the players told him to say? Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to what you said about the James Baldwin quote, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Our goal right now is to not get murdered in the streets, right? Yeah, right. So... I don't really care what Roger Goodell's motive was. Mm-hmm. What he's doing is going to kind of help out us not getting murdered in the streets. Right. So whatever his motives are, um, pragmatically, it doesn't matter to me. Right. Mm, as long as the, the end goal is reached. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll go with that for okay. about 24 hours. Because the, <laughs> the reason why is because like they they always they always say I'm waiting for somebody to do um you, just to do I, it was Al Sharpton yesterday at uh, George Floyd's funeral who was basically like thank you for the sorry or he didn't even say thank you for the sorry he was just like please give Kaepernick his job back 
Like, that's it. Just give him his job back. Then we know that the action, that the sorry is sincere because there's actual action taking place. I mean, I don't even see the NFL owners coming out and saying anything about, you know, what Roger Goodell said. I, I don't know what they're doing. I, I'm Yes, I guess I appreciate the fact that he could copy and say what the Black players told him to say so that now it is on record. But I need him to do something. And it's been, I don't know, maybe two days since he said this apology. I need, I need to hear that he's doing something. And I agree with you. I'm not saying we shouldn't advocate for more now, mm-hmm. right? And, and advocate for a specific apology and not just words. Right. Paying Colin Kaepernick, um, giving him a job again, et cetera. Right. I'm saying this first apology, since they put it out so quickly, like they didn't really wait like weeks and months yeah. and try to do a thing. They just... <laughs> Right. They just, yeah, he just did it in his house in 24 hours mm-hmm. and he said exactly what the player said. So like at this point, he's showing a good faith effort to listen to their demands and make change. Right. And I'm not saying that we just stop putting pressure on him. Yeah, no, right, of course right. we put pressure to do things. Yeah. But when you're making an apology to someone, especially for saying like, I should have listened to you before. Mm. And they, they, when the person, the people are specifically demanding you say one thing, you just say that one thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what recent- he got right. You're right. That is what he got right. It's kind of like in this whole thing, this particular part of our journey as a people in this country, he got that part right. Because there are a lot of folks who look like him who are wanting to do extra, say extra. Oh my God, how horrible. Blah, 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 all of that. <laughs> and it's like literally no. That is not what the time is now for, you know, just acknowledge and then shut up. Weren't we trained? We were trained in medical school. Remember when you give a patient bad news, you say what it is and then you shut up. (laughs) Silence, be there for a moment. Let it wait. Just shut up. Right. Like yeah. don't, don't say anything because the person needs to digest it in this, in this moment, I am with you on this Roger Goodell. He did the doctor thing and he just said the statement and then shut up. I don't know what he said behind the scenes, but in this point he shut up. So I'll give him that. Yes. Khalil, you are right. This is the only time I'm going to say you're right on air. <laughs> well, I'm always right. But anyways, oh uh-huh. <laughs> also like one other thing when you're doing an apology, don't try to explain what happened. Yes. Right? Yes. Your explanation kind of detracts from mm-hmm, the apology. Mm-hmm. Like we went over that in the last podcast. Like yes. Drew B's explanation just dug his hole deeper. Um, <laughs> and then now he's actually come out with a basically, he's like, oh, okay, I'll say what they told Roger Goodell to say, and right. I'll say it now. Right. Like, right. All right. So we're going to go back to how the NFL like handled this whole fiasco from jump. Right. right? So, number one, they started having the players out at the anthem. Um, as a pro-war, Iraq war propaganda scheme by the, the military. So the U.S. government actually paid them for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the NFL probably needs to give some money to Iraqi refugees for displacing them. But anyways, whatever. Uh, we'll go into uh, that. Okay. Okay. But also, they needed some, they need more diversity in their boardroom, right? Mm-hmm. Because number one, they should have realized at some point that a player was going to make a stance like the NBA in their collective bargaining agreement actually has a statement about this because of Mahmoud, um, wasn't a, is that Raouf who actually refused to participate in the national anthem and was praying during it. Um, oh. so 
like, how do you not remember that? And how do you not think that eventually a football player is going to do that too? Right. right. Wow. So, because the thing is that, and except in exact times like this, where Colin Kaepernick made a statement, like the players wouldn't really like care about that that much. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if before Colin Kaepernick, they said, Hey, during the national anthem, you just have to stand there and you can't do anything else. Right. right. The players would be like, not that many players would be really upset about it. You wouldn't have to really give them that much to agree to that. Right. 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 So they should have thought about it because it happened before. Right. Mm. And why would you think it wouldn't happen again? Mm. So mm. one, they should have been prepared for it. Mm. And I don't see how they weren't. But anyway, so then yeah. the player's popularity is driving force, drives a lot of money for the NFL. Right. right. People come out to see players, people buy paraphernalia for the players, etc. Mm-hmm. So when people are attacking your players, you don't co-sign the tax, right? Like, like the simple PR, right? <laughs> like, Wait, Alice, can, people, can you repeat it for the people in the back, please? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, who, what are you doing, right? <laughs> like, just for your own money's sake, yeah. like people attacking the credibility of your players, don't co-sign that, right? <laughs> so, they, they, they are going to go that route because it's worked in the past. Which tells you the mindset of the folks who are watching this form of entertainment to a certain extent. Like they are also expecting things to just be under the rug or just ignored or um, to disappear. You know, like honestly, like otherwise, why would you do it? Why would you do it? Well, because so they they didn't actually pay attention to the money, right? Mm-hmm. It's because of how they found themselves. Like everyone has, we all have our own biases, right? Okay. So. Mm-hmm. They were really thinking like, this is wrong. You guys are disrespecting America and racism doesn't exist. Right. So that's really, that's where they're coming from. Right. But it's messing up their money. So what they should, there's other thing, right. They had to realize that there's going to be more videos of police murdering people in the streets. Right. Right. So there were already a bunch of them. And I know they think it's, oh, one bad apple is not happening again. But, like, this continually happens. Yeah. So they had to actually be prepared for this moment mm-hmm. when more police officers murder someone in the streets. It's videoed and no nothing happens. So then what are you going to say in this moment after you've tried to silence your players from saying, stop killing us? But you see, but you're expecting them to be thinking rationally or at least humanely <laughs> or at least from the perspective of those who are being murdered. They're not, no, I'm not so they're not even I'm prepared. Not, they can't be. No, I'm not saying that they're they they need to be thinking about us. I'm saying for their own money, for their own business, right? Because this is a bad PR statement, right? So for their own personal PR, like they need to think about. The other thing is that that tells what you they how deep this is. hatred goes though. If they're if they are not even able to think about their pockets when it comes to humanity. Anyway, that's a whole nother dissertation. Keep going, sorry. No, no, what I'm saying is that they didn't have anyone in the boardroom to bring them these things up. That's yeah. why they need diverse yeah. opinions in the boardroom. That's why diverse teams actually work better because they could have handled this better, right? Yeah. So yeah. when people started saying things about Colin Kaepernick, mm. what they should have said was, hey, we want the players out in, in the national anthem because we want them to show their patriotism. Mm-hmm. Everyone showed their patriotism in their own way we don't have to, we're not going to talk about whether we would agree with every player's form of patriotism. We just want everyone to express their feelings and show how they're patriots at the, at the national anthem. And what makes America great is that we have different opinions and they're voiced. 
I, I can, people who want to criticize Colin Kaepernick can criticize Colin Kaepernick. People who want to support him can support him. And we're going to keep playing football and we're going to keep showing our patriotism during the national anthem. Right. What? So, cause the thing is that what they did was they said that Colin Kaepernick's horrible and everyone else needs to show respect for their, the national anthem. So what they did is they alienated all the people who are actually in support of Colin Kaepernick and then all the people who dislike him, you made them hate all the other players, right? So you brought bad PR to both sides of the argument, like both sides of the argument now, like the NFL less. I'm just still hung up on the, the patriotism argument that you're trying to make here, because I don't see how them being like, oh, show your patriotism in any way you see fit doesn't conflate the issue that was at hand to begin with. Kaepernick Kaepernick was not, it wasn't an issue of patriotism. It was an issue of police brutality and social injustice. So if the NFL came and said something about patriotism to counter that and say, everybody, you can show your patriotism in a certain way or in whatever way and we'll honor that, I feel like then they've already missed the mark because they've introduced an argument or a facet of an argument into the situation that doesn't belong there. The, the patriotism is is standing up for the people in your country. That's what I think patriotism is. And to introduce patriotism when somebody is protesting what is happening in, in the country just feels like, again, missing the mark. Like even that PR um, sort of uh, argument might have failed because it's introducing something I don't think belongs there. So, so yeah, I'm not, a, I, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying from... Yeah. Like a moral standpoint, I'm saying for their own money wise, right? Just them to try to make money, right? right? Yeah. So it's to, it's, and I, I agree that they're not the ones who introduced the patriotism. That was the criticism of Colin Kaepernick. Like people were criticizing him saying that he's not being patriotic, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that it, it allows you to not alienate the people who are supporting Colin Kaepernick. Right. And then. Some, it doesn't inflame the people who are talking about patriotism, right? right? So it it doesn't make those people become more angry. You don't want right. the people who are angry with you to be more angry. Like that doesn't help your PR. So yeah, you're completely right from a moral standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm saying just from a business standpoint, it was a bad PR plan the way they did it. And they could have handled it in a way that wouldn't have blown up in their face right now. Because at this point, then, right, this point who knows if the players really would have forced the NFL to actually say anything, right? Because if they had let, they had been supportive of the players or acting like they're supportive when they're really just supporting their bottom line, um, would the players have been this angry right now at the NFL, right? Would there be this much animosity? Would there be this much, you know, vocalization? Yeah. Activism? Right. If they had just listened in the first place. Or acted, like gave lip service. I'm not yeah. even saying listen, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, but the other thing is like you, your players, the other thing they ignored is like Colin Kaepernick, the year that he was doing the protest was a backup quarterback and his jersey outsold all the other jerseys, right? So Nike wow. paid attention to the money and kept his sponsorship because they knew it was going to make them money in the long run. Wow. So the NFL couldn't look past their own personal beliefs and just being like, hey, his jersey is outselling everybody. We need to just let it keep going because it's making us money. Mm. And then they listen to Toupe Fiasco, um, a.k.a. Donald Trump, 
and what he thought they should do, right? Mind you, Donald Trump bankrupted the USFL. Like he went in, bought the (laughs) the New York team, decided that they shouldn't play in the spring anymore. Mind you, the USFL was actually going to become, was actually to the point where they were challenging the NFL in recruiting players out of college. Mm-hmm, like okay. you have like top five draft picks going to the USFL, right? Right. Donald Trump came in and made decisions that ended up leading to be bankrupt. He almost signed Don Shula, but then decided to go on TV and saying, and like laugh at Don Shula and try to say he was begging him for an apartment mm. in Trump Tower. Mm. So like, mm. Donald, why were you listening to Donald Trump? He bankrupted yeah. his yeah. football exactly. league. Why would you take advice from him? Like, in addition to all the other things that he's bankrupted, like, why are you taking advice from Donald Trump? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't even have any words to this. I just don't. I just don't. Right, like, it's just... It was just a joke. Like it was a horrible PR thing. Not only like humanitarian. Like I'm glad you brought up the actual humanitarian things because yeah. I'm just talking about the actual like money. Like you messed up your money. Mm-hmm. Like you made bad business decisions. And in addition to being on the wrong side of history, right? You did right. both. Like right. <laughs> you can't even claim that you got rich off of this stupidity. You know? Like <laughs> come on now. This but is not- that's the thing. Like. Racism messes up money for white people too. Like it's bad That's for what you white said. people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the point I'm making. Like it's so the the decisions are so asinine and so debased that they're going to ruin their pockets, and, and they don't even they don't even see that. They don't even see that because and and I think part of the reason why they don't see it always is because of that complicitness that this is just the way things are and this is the way things are going to be. And we have the social contract that we are all in is that we are going to keep quiet and keep playing to these rules, this illusion that they have created. Right. And then, yeah, and don't, and please anyone, please stop with the peaceful protest. No, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't stop peacefully protesting. Sorry. <laughs> what did you, what you want to say? <laughs> what I'm saying is, when you start criticizing the looting, yeah. you're ignoring the fact that every other form of political protest has been met with backlash. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if you want to stop riots, please go after the main source, mm-hmm. right? And the main source of this fiasco is police murdering people in the streets, on camera, in broad daylight, and no other police officers doing anything at the moment, mm-hmm. days later, the district attorney ignoring it for days and days mm-hmm. and days. Yep. So that's it. Bottom line. <laughs> so if you want to stop looting, yeah. make sure that you write a letter now to your own district attorney and say, I don't want my city burning down just so you can justify police misconduct. Mm-hmm. If a police officer behaves poorly and there's ridiculous amounts of evidence, please arrest them immediately and charge them. Preach. Because I don't want my city burning down just so police can brutalize people on the streets. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. That is it. Like that, that, you know what? If everybody did that, if everybody did that, because I, I know having worked in a city, when thousands of emails, the same exact emails come through from 10,000 different people, <laughs> it gets your attention. 
But as long as we stay silent and like I said, complicit, I'm going to keep using that word. We're just feeding into this whole manipulative system and we're not going to get what we want. So I say kudos right. to the NFL players who who came out and said something because even four years ago, when Kaepernick didn't say anything but get down on his knee and when somebody asked, he said why. Very few other NFL players came out and joined him. Very few. Right. Too much criticism, all the fact that like, oh, you know, he should shut up and just play. That shut up and just play, that's whiteness ideology. That's that whole slavery mindset. To say that to somebody who's like, well, I see people who look like me getting killed. So I'm just going to take a knee and pause and ask myself, what are we doing here? And for whatever reason, folks couldn't say anything. So I'm glad that four years later, some folks are getting together and saying, we're going to say something and we're going to make it loud and clear. And that somebody, namely Roger Goodell, is is listening. Did you hear that he's well, supposed to get a replacement? He's going to get a re- he's going to be replaced? It's speculation. It's, all, it's just speculation. I was Googling his name this morning and I was like, whoa, replacement? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, you know, when things go wrong and oh, we got to look for somebody to come in because this is a PR nightmare. I don't know whether it's a good decision or not, but... Hey, Roger Goodell is still there. Let's see what he does. <laughs> but like, and I'm just glad that the players got together as a group because yeah. this is you know, a lesson for everyone. When you're going to make a stand like yeah. this, you have to recruit several other people. Yes. Yeah. Um, because if you're one person, they're going to try to make an example out of you. Mm-hmm. But if you come as a group, the the NFL had no choice at this point yeah. because with all of these players that were there and they spread it out all on their social media and other players in the league spreading it along you're the the players produce the NFL like this yes. is a even though they're millionaires um it's basically this is the basic like labor struggle if all of you stick together then management has no choice but to follow your demands right. um and it goes back to having unions exactly. and being strong unions exactly. because as a group, the labor has a lot stronger voice than as just one person. Yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I mean, we need this in healthcare too, but like the organizing on, on the NFL front by the players on this specific matter is going to do infinitely more than just one person. And I think Colin, when he started, I can't speak for him, but I'd like to believe that when he was st- he started, he was hoping that others would join him. And in that moment, some did, not a lot. And he got a lot of backlash from these NFL owners who have yet to say anything. Um, and I'll say it again, have yet to say anything. Um, and it took four years. I, al- I also think from a corporation um, standpoint that all of these own NFL owners who aren't saying anything and are hoping that the anger will die down and we can go back to business as usual, make a few changes here and there to appease the players. Um, I hope that they change too. I hope that there is some sort of turnover, either physically or um, emotionally in their minds to start seeing their players not as um, slaves on the field that they pay a lot of money to, but as human beings as little human beings, every week, day in and day out, they go and they go into a very violent game. And the fact that 
they can sit up top in those boxes and hurrah and cheer and be really sad when, you know, somebody um, loses the game or whatnot, but not be able to see them as humans off the field because they couldn't see them as humans on the field. It's a wrap. You, you get, you've got a messed up system. Somebody's got to tear that stuff down. Now you're asking for a real revolution. I'm just asking them to do that. That's <laughs> interesting. I really am, Khalil, like, honestly, like, that's what needs to happen. Like, if we are going to, in any space where we are, what, Black people make up, what, 70% Black men make up 70% of the NFL, isn't it? That's a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. That feels like South Carolina during um, the slavery period. That feels like apartheid, uh, South Africa apartheid, where the majority is Black, but they don't want to and, and all these million dollar contracts, don't let that fool you because those are things to attract your attention via the media. The average player is not making millions of dollars. If anything, they might be making right. hundreds of thousands. And if they're on the practice squad, not that. So it's like- Right. And, the, and it's still like, if you actually look at the pot, like the owners are making a lot yeah. without actually doing anything yeah. except being yeah. independently wealthy. Yeah. yeah. But like what you're asking for goes beyond racism. Yeah. Um, plays a part. But I mean, if you look at like the coal mining industry, mm-hmm. none of the coal owners gave a crap about any of the white coal miners. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of uh, the capitalist system mm-hmm. and there's exceptions to the rule, yes, but yes. overall, like the people who own things look at their employees as property that helps them make money yeah. as opposed to the actual humans. And there's, there's some exceptions right. um, to that. Um, and usually those corporations, I try to buy things from more than the other mm-hmm. ones. Um, but, and it's even like simple things like in and out Burger starts people off at like $10, $11 an hour, right? And mind you, it's not 15, which is what we're pushing for, but they recognize that the minimum wage is too, low, too low, right? Too low. <laughs> too low. And mind you, they're still making a lot of money, yes, right? That's the thing. <laughs> If you look at like Costco versus like Sam's Club, like Costco also pays their employees a living wage and they make a profit and their CEO makes millions of dollars. But they're like when you go shop there, like you're the employees that are there mm-hmm. aren't qualifying for food stamps. It's mind boggling to me that people are against raising the living, living wage and also against people being on government exactly. subsidies. Exactly. Because if you're you want people to get off welfare, you should raise a minimum wage because you can work full time at Walmart and still qualify for and food stamps. Still qualify so, for food stamps for Medicaid. Come on, like that doesn't even make right. sense. It's basically the government is subsidizing Walmart's ability to hire people, which doesn't make any kind of or subsidizing sense at all. their I'm, ability to make billions and keep it in their right. pockets. They still would be making billions if they paid a living wage, yeah, right? Like. Agreed. The difference between a hundred billion and fifty billion is, right. in, in regard to like one family owning it, yeah. nothing. Your lifestyle does not change no. at all. But the lifestyle of people going from eight dollars an hour to fifteen dollars oh an hour, all gosh. of those. Like, Can you imagine? But anyways, eight dollars. Anyways, I don't know how we. Got an hour. Right. I don't know how we got. To know, know. But, you know, it, it's how we do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, even in all of that, tying it back to the NFL, like. And what I was saying with revolution, our pain, Black people's pain, has been driving the U.S. economy mm-hmm. since at least That's 1619, true. even before it was yeah. called the country, right? And like, yeah, until, sure. until these folk, that's what I'm going to call them, 
<laughs> your people's. <laughs> or your people's and mine. <laughs> Start to recognize that um, we're at a point where we are no longer allowing our pain to drive your economy. We're not going to do it. All these people who are coming out now saying, we want to hear Black voices, we want to hear Black voices, but we'll pay you pittance for um, telling your story. We're not for it. I, the the generation now that's coming up, especially the ones out protesting in the street, what do they have to lose by calling out a system that says, insists on their being at the bottom, no matter how hard they try? Nah, man, we're done with that. No more. So now we have to figure out what's going to drive our economy. Is it going to be a human, humanity, humaneness towards each other? Or is it going to continue? Are we going to continue to perpetuate this pain and brutality that we get not only from law enforcement but from people down the street? If a George right. Zimmerman or that other those other two um, who uh, killed Ahmad, if they can walk around and just be shooting folks, what, what what's what are we here for? What are we here for? Ooh, I felt a little angry with that. <laughs> no, I did. I did. You know, an angry black woman syndrome. Yeah, I'm saying right. Oh, they're gonna get it. <laughs> Our pain is I, I, honestly, I'm done. Our pain is no longer going to drive this U.S. economy. I have put it out into the universe. I want everybody else to put it out there because no more. No more. Well, if you could get a hold of whoever put the coronavirus out into the universe and tell them that their vision board for 2020 should change, please go ahead and make that happen. If any of y'all who are listening know, please let us know. Find that person. Or maybe like I'm hoping like I'm hoping like, you know, there's a lot of moments in history where things, whatever it happens, like it promotes radical change. So maybe yeah. someone wanted all of us have been thinking like, hey, we need radical change. Yeah. And yeah, this helps. So that's going to be our our silver lining. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel so much better. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I feel so much better. It's like our collective like like focus on we need to change things over the last ever, however many centuries even has culminated to this point and we might actually get something done. What? Yeah, right. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Black girl joy. <laughs> well, anyways, shout out to uh, Michael Thomas, Patrick Mahoney's, yes. Um, yes. all the players who participated. Um, I like how you call him Patrick Mahoney. <laughs> like he's my homie. <laughs> well, I stole that from the state. Right now, he's my homie. Well, I stole that from the State Farm commercial. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, now, now, now I'm super pro corporate. I'm like giving shout outs to corporations. <laughs> I know, right? Oh God, <laughs> no. Anyways, yeah, shout out to all the players. Because the other thing is that they're they're risking their livelihood. Like, yeah, they do make a lot of money, but they're risking their ability to continue to do it. Yes. Um, and I just want to say thank you to all of them who made the video, support the video, or behind the scenes, etc. Um, thank you for standing up for humanity and for all of us who look like you. Yes, preach. Amen. Oh, that was a word right there. Thank you. Thank you to NFL players who are doing this. And now we uh, now it's time for us to go pay the bills, aka go to yeah. work because work. this ain't paid. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good one. This is the Chia Khalil Show. We'll see you next time. Hold it down one time for the West Side. Peace.